Greetings. One must not get one's knickers in a twist. Hello and welcome to the History Emporium and Powers podcast. I'm Ollie Green. Now, before we get started, I wanted to do another little um, book review thing. Um, I've been reading The Picture of Dorian Gray and it is amazing. Again, I can't believe that I have not read it sooner. Um, it's very homoerotic um, and at the time it probably wouldn't have been picked up, but reading it in modern eyes it's very um uh yeah as i said there's lots of gay undertones there um it's just a fantastic read and well thought out and such a unique idea as well so if no one has uh, read it then i suggest you go and um read a bit of mr oscar wilde's so on today's episode we're going to talk about peter the great who was a former emperor of all of russia So Peter the Great was known as a man who took an inward look at Russia and reformed it. He turned Russia into a European powerhouse. He also founded one of the greatest cities in the world, St. Petersburg. These were remarkable achievements, but as we look at Peter himself, we see that he also was very remarkable himself. He had a very rocky life, including having a wife he forced to become a nun, having a son that he personally tortured. He went to extraordinary lengths to westernise Russia, creating new traditions while old ones were ruthlessly cut out. He was also known for collecting pickled human foetuses. He was known as a moderniser and a dictator. Peter was born in Moscow in 1672. His father was Russia's Tsar Alexis, who died when Peter was only four years old. Peter's mother was Alexis's second wife, and the power struggle began on who the throne would pass down to. Peter's half-brother, Fodor, was made Tsar, but died prematurely. It then should have passed to Peter's other half-brother, who was very sickly, Ivan. However, it was quickly realised that he was not well mentally, so the line of succession passed to Peter. Loyal supporters of Ivan created a revolt against Peter and his household was stormed. Peter witnessed many of the household and the guards murdered on that night, brutally. Heads were cut off and placed on spikes 
and this was to scar him for the rest of his life. The revolt would end in compromise and Ivan and Peter would rule jointly. Peter was only 10 and Ivan so, so weak. Power fell into the hands of Ivan's older sister, Sophia. Peter and his mother were pushed out and ended up living in constant fear in a village just outside Moscow. Peter became a very different king to his forefathers of men as he grew up outside of the palace walls. He was more or less given a free run. He was allowed to mingle with peasants. It was clocked from an early age that he was a wild and free spirit. When Peter was 17, his mother arranged his marriage to a young woman. She soon fell pregnant and it was obvious Peter did not take to her and his relationship with his son would go on to be very poor indeed. Later that same year, there was another revolt in the palace. However, this time Sophia lost and Peter removed her from power and in punishment that seemed to become one of his favourites, he banished her to a convent. Peter's childhood had been a combination of bitter family feuds, but a pleasant, unconventional royal upbringing. Peter was now in full power, and in 1691 he established the all-singing and all-joking, the Drunken Synod of Fools and Jesters Club. This was the underworld kind of stuff. This silly club later formed the backbone of power because members of the clergy would be forced to join the organisation if they wanted to have any influence and essentially the seat of power was run from this club of fools and jesters. Peter saw his predecessors as prisoners of the past. He wanted to reshape his realm. Russia took on the Ottoman Empire and lost. Peter founded the first Russian navy. He tried again and he won. Peter wanted to form alliances, so he essentially went on a gap year to see more of the European cities that he thought were more advanced. He spent time in England and was in awe of the new architecture of St Paul's and the new Royal Naval College. He was known to go into taverns, take watches apart and rebuild them again. Peter developed a passion for anatomy and when he lived in Amsterdam he would go and watch dissections and attend classes on the body. One of his courtiers didn't like attending these so Peter made him stay and watch and then forced him to bite down on a bit of flesh on the dead corpse. Peter discovered this love of surgical instruments and started forcing his subjects to have their teeth pulled by him. Peter caused wonderment and shock everywhere he went. He was known to be respectful and rude at any given moment. When he stayed in London, he treated his accommodation very badly indeed. John Evelyn lent him his home in Dartford. This home was treated with no respect, and just as rock stars used to trash hotel rooms, Peter utterly trashed this home. All the chairs had been used for firewood, all the paintings had been used as dartboards, the windows had been smashed and his gardens had all been churned up. Peter's wild tour of Europe came to an abrupt end when in July 1698 when another revolt began. Peter had his army deal with this and when he finally got home he was welcomed with open armed by his bearded citizens. After spending more than a year in clean-shaven Europe, he said it was like going back in time. So Peter pulled a knife out from his pocket and began shaving the men. 
beards were all a part of religion and culture, so this event would have been hugely shocking at the time. To get everyone to follow his lead, he introduced attacks on people that had beards. Peter saw the clean-shaven men as progressive and sophisticated. Now he needed to deal with his ex-wife Eudoxia, that he had never really taken a fancy to. So, basically, he kidnapped their son and sent her to a religious convent. Next on his list was to punish all of those who had revolted against him whilst he was away. Peter did not take punishments by half measures. He would deform them, cut bits off of them, snap bones, cut off limbs, starve them, and then finally he would have their heads hacked off. Bodies were hung all over Moscow as a warning. For Peter, it was torture by day and parties by night. Peter would take part in all of this personally. Even by European standards at the time, Peter could be seen as pretty sadistic. Peter is now turning his thoughts to modernisation. The land that St Petersburg now sits on once belonged to Sweden, and Peter took over this very small port after he won the war against Sweden. He renamed the port, and this was now the foundation for a new capital city. St Petersburg, however, was not an ideal place to build a city. It was marshy, no one lived there, it was hard to get supplies to and from. However, it was on the west coast. Peter's window to the west was going to be built regardless. Peter then got remarried to an alleged peasant girl, Catherine. This was done in secret because court would definitely not approve. Russia was still at war with Sweden... There was a breakthrough, however, in June 1709 on a field in modern-day Ukraine. This was a victory that would destroy any hopes of Sweden had of winning this ongoing war. This marked the point that Russia became a European powerhouse. Later, Russia would push into Sweden's Baltic provinces unopposed. This created a buffer zone for his beloved St. Petersburg. It had now been around 10 years since he got married to Catherine and the public still had no idea. He thought this was unfair on his beloved, so in February 1712 he threw caution to the wind and married her in public. Catherine would become Peter's rock and would encourage his aspirations. She would also be there to support Peter through something that had plagued him all of his life. He seemed to have what would be described as a nervous tick that was heightened by alcohol and venereal disease. He would also have these terrible convulsions that would start with his neck twisting, then his facial muscles would contract rapidly. Catherine was always by his side and would insist he slept more. But sleep is something Peter had very little time for, as his ambitions for St Petersburg were growing bigger by the day. He employed a French architect who would come up with the famous trident scheme, the three main thoroughfares coming off the port. Peter wanted the summer palace built in stone. However, they were surrounded by marshland. He ordered that all stone buildings in Russia would have to halt and that all stone must be brought into St. Petersburg, no matter how small, by every single citizen. The palace is still there and looks like any other European palace. However, this one had a built-in torture chamber. Peter began looking at who would become his heir. His first son, Alexei, never saw eye to eye with Peter. 
his son had very different views to Peter too. He was very much into poetry, arts, music and the old traditions of Russia. This did not go unnoticed, as many Russian citizens felt the same and started looking to Peter's son to undo all the barbaric things Peter had done. Alexei was said to have been a conspirator against Peter. On the 3rd of February 1718, he was brought before Peter. His son dropped to his knees, acknowledging his guilt and begged for forgiveness. Peter originally pardoned him on the condition that he would name all those that were involved in the conspiracy. These men were tortured and killed. However, Peter was not satisfied with his son and he thought his son would still be a threat to him. So he ordered his son to be tortured. On the 26th of June... 1718, whilst undergoing intense torture, Alexei died. The official account released by the palace was that he died of natural causes. However, the evidence shows that in fact he was flogged to death. Peter almost certainly flogged his own son. It's really hard to separate all the things Peter did that were bad from all the progressive things that he actually did too. For example, he banned the killing of deformed babies, he banned arranged marriages, and at wedding ceremonies he got rid of the tradition of the groom wielding a whip to his new bride, instead sealing the deal with a kiss. He also established a first in Russia, a museum of education. The nearest I could describe it to would be a Hunterian museum. It became a medical school and he became a big fan of scientific progression. When the printing press arrived, he was proactive in spreading text and information to the masses. In 1721, Sweden was finally defeated fully and Peter was then declared Peter the Great. For a man that had taken on so much and changed Russia, almost making it unrecognisable, his health was growing weaker and it was actually a small bladder infection that would finally kill him. His last words were, I hope God can forgive me and my many sins because of the good I tried to do. He then sank into a coma and he died at the age of 52.